0: Martin wrote, You may be as different as the sun and the moon, but the same blood flows through both your hearts. You need her as much as she needs you. As a kid, I often observed my two older sisters, Mary Beth and Jane, with the help of Russ and John, working as a team to keep things going smoothly around our house. Those two girls were polar opposite personalities. In so many ways, sugar and spice, water and fire, cerebral and physical, feminine and tomboy, the list goes on, yet together, a perfect set. This is Teresa here with my brother Russ, and this is Confessional of a Large Family. If I describe Mary Beth as a chef, then I'd describe Jane as her sous chef. Second in command amongst the females in our family, Jane took her position seriously and was always ready and willing to jump in when and where help was needed. A hard worker to this day, no request for help was or ever is too much with Jane. Mary Margaret Olihan says in her article, Why We Should Encourage Big Families, that big families are a ton of work, but when you have a lot of children, you also have a lot of helpers. Kids from these families learn that everyone needs to pull their weight for the family to function well. Jane had an intrinsic understanding of and a genuine respect for this concept, perhaps more than anyone in our tribe. But she also understood that if she contributed to the family function early in the day, there'd be time to do all the things she loved to spend her time doing, like roller skating, playing catch, riding her bike, playing tennis, swimming, and pretty much anything active and outside. If it meant getting up and starting on her chores at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, that's what she did, no matter who else it disturbed. I remember waking up many a Saturday morning to the sound of a vacuum hitting the outside of my door. Jane never tried to skip out on her chores because, like I said, she truly understood the importance of her contribution, but she was going to do it on her own terms. Mary Beth recalls Jane, always rushing through her chores to get outside and roller skate with Kathy. Kathy was our next-door neighbor and Janie's best friend as a kid. A little person with tons of spirit and a tomboy of sorts, Jane ardently moved through her childhood. She was not one who sought attention, but her loud, contagious laughter and her fiery temper made number three's presence known in our family. I remember skiing as a kid, and I could hear Jane's signature laughter three runs away. As one of Jane's younger sisters, her presence could feel like that of a strict but loving parent to me because she had little patience for my bullshit and never hesitated to call me out on it. In an NPR broadcast called Morning Edition, they were discussing sister relationships and they used the term sister speak for the kind of talk sisters treasure and trust from each other. Talk that sets the other straight. They said your sister will tell you in a way a friend can't and even a mother can't. I suppose her tendency to set me straight was just sister speak because at times of uncertainty, her strong personality, grounded and solid, could feel like an anchor for me. Born fifteen months after Mary Beth and only eighteen months before John, Jane was the other half to both of them, but in very different ways. As I mentioned earlier, Jane and Mary Beth, obviously both girls, and so close in age, were opposites in so many ways. Yet together they seem to have this yin yang kind of relationship, a great complement to each other and a perfect team. On the other side of Jane is John. While growing up, As much as Jane was the opposite of her big sister, Mary Beth, she was that much the same as her little brother, John. Just like their names, Jane and John seemed to be the male and female version of the same person at times, both active, athletic, competitive, and with big tempers to match their huge hearts. In Avedon Malevsky's article, Sibling Issues in Therapy, he said that when siblings are similar to each other in personality, interests, and hobbies, they're more likely to fight. And boy, did they. Our sister Marybeth would say that in combination with her love of skating, Jane would have been a great roller derby skater because she would fight till it got bloody with John. I think that because Jane was so much like John, she understood how to ignite his temper and could push his buttons better than anyone. Growing up, I witnessed several knockdown dragout fights between Jane and John. Sometimes they would start the, start in the house and somehow end up in the front yard. Our old neighbor Helen once told me that she'd be like, Oh, no, looks like Jane and John are going at it again. Our sister Anne said, I remember those fights, but never worried about them. She said, I always knew they'd be fine. And she was right. They always were because they actually really adored each other. I remember when John was in high school and broke his ankle playing football. He was devastated. But Jane cried harder than anyone, including John. John was Jamie's biggest competition, but she was also his biggest fan. It seemed like Mary Beth and John were Jane's strongest connections out of siblings. But Jane had the soft spot for the little ones. She was very protective of Annie and Amy. And I knew that if she ever got wind of me mistreating either of them, I'd have to answer to her. Jane was often expected to babysit her younger siblings. But many times she chose to spend time with those little sisters. It seemed like she genuinely enjoyed having them around. Or maybe she just sensed they needed some individual attention. Or a little TLC. I don't know. Amy told me that when she was a kid, and Jane was dating her now husband Tom, they would go on regular tennis dates, and she remembers how special it made her feel when Jane would invite her to come along to watch and even play. It may sound pretty extraordinary for a twenty-something sister to include her awkward preteen sister on a date, but that's just the way it was. If a guy wanted to date Janie, they'd better get used to having her little sisters around. Just like the rest of the older half, Jane was in close proximity to our mom's erratic moods and often took on the job of blocking for the rest of us. But in contrast to Mary Beth, who had a way of calming mom, Jane's method of blocking was usually to fight fire with fire. When Russ and his family were living in California, they would occasionally deal with wildfires. So I asked him how they kept the fires from spreading, and he told me about these control fires that they would set on purpose and it would deprive the wildfire of oxygen to extinguish it. That's how I would describe Jane's way of blocking mom. As a kid, I saw many altercations between Jane and mom and some of them got pretty physical. Like the one morning, Jane left for high school without a bra on. Mom chased her down and dragged her back home by her hair. I wonder what Helen was thinking when she saw that. (laughs) A few minutes later, as Jane was walking back out the door with a bra on this time, Her words were, I'm going to take it off when I get to school anyway. Just like a control fire, Jane seemed to zap the last bit of oxygen out of mom, leaving her speechless and exhausted. When watching Russ and dad argue, I remember being mortified by Russ challenging dad. But when Jane would fight with mom, I always felt like, go, Jane. Glad to see someone giving it back. Terrible, I know, but just saying. Our sister Katie, the youngest, was more, has more recent memories of Jane because their age difference. She remembers while she was still young and living at home, Jane would come to stay for the weekend with her babies. Katie said that as a teenager, she would look so forward to her arrival on Friday nights. I remember those weekends, too, and they were pretty special. Speaking of pretty special, Jane is here with us today via Skype, and it should be a lot of fun. Meet Jane, our feisty number three. Hi, Jane. Hi. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Oh, good. So, Jane, we just kind of touched a bit on your your childhood. So how are you doing these days? Tell us a little bit about what you're up to.
1: Well, I'm in quarantine with my my whole family. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm dealing with it like everyone else. Some days we want to
0: kill each other, and other days it's okay. Yeah. So you have two children. Aaron yeah. and Nick and you are grandma to read who is now 10 11 11 shoot right yeah. right
2: where those 11 years ago.
0: That's crazy to think where that is, he's 11. Where did it yeah. go? Right. Yeah right but they're all doing well and your husband Tom yep. is doing well. yes great great. So Jane, I know it was mentioned a few times in my intro. That you had a fiery little personality in your youth. I mean, first of all, do you agree with that? Do you remember being fiery? I don't. <laughs> no. How do, you, how do you think of yourself then if you don't remember being fiery? Well, I don't know. I, I mean,
1: when I was listening to all the other podcasts, I was like, boy, I must have been a pain in the fanny because I don't remember being. I was just surviving. Being. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's funny because when I talk to the siblings, not funny, but it's not surprising. I'll say that, that, you know, a lot of us, um, we when we look back, see, you know, we're like, oh, yeah. Or when we hear how other people thought of us, that's one thing. But I think so many of us felt like we were sort of in this survival mode. So you weren't really taking note of yourself. Right. You are just doing what whatever it was that day you needed to do. Yes. Whether it was vacuuming at six a.m. to get the hell out of the house before mom woke up, or if it was just you know helping out with your baby sisters, it just seems like um, you know witnesses um see you know sometimes see things we don't, right? Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. But like it, you know uh, I feel like um with you um you know the my perspective and when talking to like some of your other younger siblings and I don't know what you saw Russ but do you feel like you were fighting fire with fire with mom like what were your thoughts when you were going head to head with her um I just thought she
1: was totally unreasonable (laughs) (laughs) right I mean she I, I I felt in my mind that I was always doing for her to feel because you know with big families, a lot of times you do stuff hoping to so, for her to say maybe she loves you or or thank you or something like that. And I remember in my mind, I was always trying to get that approval. Yeah. And because we were maybe we were like fire and it, after fire, but maybe that's why I never felt it. And I, I just felt like I had to, you know, fight for my, you know, she drove me crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, did. It.
2: And one of the things that I saw in Jane and, and that, you know, um, that stuck sticks out of my memory is that Jane uh, was she didn't have a fear of mom, you know. There you go. That's and, a good way of putting it. Yes. And, you know, and, and that's kind of her personality now as far as competitiveness and stuff like that. She doesn't have that fear and, and she wasn't afraid of John everyone else was afraid of John and, <laughs> and because he, he was, he was a, a strong little brute at times. Right. Yes, and, right. and, and so, um, and, and Janie didn't, she didn't fear him and she didn't fear mom either. So she gave it right back. And,
0: right. and,
2: and, you know, where mom and, and, and dad, the rest of us, we kind of feared, you know, mom and dad a little bit. And, uh, and Janie didn't seem to fear him. and, they, they'd say, you have to go this way. And she'd say, mm, not really. Yeah, well, I don't feel like I'm it. I'm going my way.
1: Well, because I've been up since, you know, I used to get up with dad. When dad would get up in the morning, he was always at the kitchen table at 5 a.m. And I'd. shake his leg. You know? Right. Yep. And I, I was always an early bird myself. And I would go up there and that was my only time with dad. And yep. then I'd hear Andrew get up and I think, OK, I'm going to get him up really quiet so Mom could sleep in and she won't be such a pain. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> I like how you edit it. Nice stuff. And I would grab Andrew and I'd put his, you know, like I'd get him breakfast and I'd get him dressed. And if it was summer, I'd go to take him for a walk, but I'd have to put his shoes on and then he'd throw up fit because some, you know, because he didn't like people putting his shoes on when he was little. Right. And... She'd come down all mad and screaming, and, and it would just start every morning like that when I was trying to do it for her, right. and I would get so frustrated. Right. Nothing was ever, you know, right. right. That's how I felt, and I'm probably, I probably was maybe a little more sensitive over it, but it, it, she didn't scare me, But she, but I'm like, when is she going to see how much I try and do for her? Right. And that was frustrating
0: right right and Now
2: but, it, now as adults we know that she doesn't look at people that way. No you know? yeah I mean she she doesn't it, it, it's all about her and, it always and, has been yeah and and, and and you know we didn't understand that we were we thought we were in that scope when we were younger and we weren't and now as as adults, we've realized that we're not in that scope. It's her and Andrew. And, and, you know, we're lucky she knows our name sometimes, you know. <laughs> right, right. Amy extreme there. But.
0: Right. Well, like Amy said, she watered one flower. So, <laughs> you know, and that's true. You know, there was an article put out by uh, Jesuit Social Services called Understanding Families. And the, the quote is, family therapy approaches consider that there are many versions of a family story. Each person in a family unit has their own perspective about issues that are causing conflict in a family and each perspective is seen by family therapists as being both legitimate and flawed. So I'm just bringing us back to the point Janie is, you know, the perspective thing, you know, when right. the way we see things and depending on where we are in a family we're seeing it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I talk about our childhood, it's definitely here I am, number five out of nine, my angle looking up at number three, you, right? And what I'm seeing in your interactions with other people in the family. But I would say even your own words were, you know, I tried, I tried to keep peace. I tried to, you know, get up early and get it done so that there wasn't conflict. But um, I think Russ hit it on the head when there was conflict. It didn't scare you. You didn't back off. You didn't try to make peace like Mary Beth. Instead, what you did was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm fighting fire with fire here. And um, like I said, I would sit back as number five and root for you. Like, good you, because you know I would watch Mary Beth and feel almost bad for her at times, you know, and think, yeah, mom's (laughs) beating her up. But like, I knew you were going to take care of yourself. So that was, um, it was a pretty beautiful thing, honestly. I mean, um, you know. I I I was glad to see it and I you were still blocking the fire with your own met- method, you know. Yeah. But um Uh so do you feel um you know, for years now you've been regularly involved in mom's care. You're over there a lot and stuff. How's your relationship with her now? Uh right at this minute,
1: there's really <laughs> not much because she's pretty much lost it. Um, yeah. But when my kids, I would have to say, uh, when I got married and moved out, that wasn't good either because she needed me here because I, she needed me to come back. She'd call me up and say, you haven't been here in the last two days. And I was already moved out to my house. Right. And she would get mad because I hadn't come by to see Andrew. Well, right. I have a job and I have a life with, you know, whatever. Anyway. um yeah. That So that was kind of volatile. And then, but when I had my kids, when I had Erin, the first one, she, um it it got a lot better because she did babysit when I went to work and she did help me. And we did get along a lot better once the kids came along.
0: Yeah. Same with me, Janie. I feel like I gained a fresh appreciation for mom once I had babies because mom and I, fought a lot throughout my childhood. You know, it's easy for me to talk about you fighting with her, but, you know, if this was my story, that would have to come up too, right? We have a lot going back and forth. But I will tell you, a new appreciation was gained when I had my babies because one thing about mom, and I may have mentioned this before, is that she's excellent with infants. She's like literally was always the best person to leave your infant with. Or just go over and get a break. She would be so happy to hold those babies, right? True. And, and if the babies were fussy or whatever, she never lost patience. It never seemed to rattle her. Um, she just was really uh, beautiful to have around in those years. And, um, and she was very comforting and uh, super appreciated her for that. So those were really great years before yes. you know, all of like her starting to lose like a little dementia now and all that good stuff has come up. So that doesn't, you know, if I had a baby right now, it wouldn't be the same. Thank <laughs> God I'm have a baby <laughs> right now. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Anyway, Jane, do you remember having a soft spot for your little sisters? Because from my perspective, you did. Do you feel like you did? Well, I did. I do remember
1: feeling really, um, really sorry for Annie and Amy. Right. Um, you, you like me fought for yourself and you were good. You, you you didn't seem like you really needed any. And, um, but Annie, Annie was quiet and she was so darn cute. She was the, my know, chubbiest little thing and so cute and real quiet and stuck to herself. And Amy, Amy had a little spunk, but it was, she was such a storyteller and it bugged the
0: Crap out of Crap
1: it. out of everybody. Yeah. And I kind of got a bang out of a lot of it. And right. And I knew, I, I think in my mind, I might have known that she was
0: just trying to have somebody give her some attention. Right. Hey, you know what? So I guess my perspective was dead on there because that's how I interpreted it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked like you were like not believing her, Um, not even condoning her little drama that she spun but that you were just accepting it and giving her a break because Anne and I were busy calling her out on it. So you were right yeah maybe' were just yeah. like she needs this yeah when I was telling Amy's story about you and Tom taking her on your tennis dates, it got me thinking about what Amy and I were talking about on her episodes. Um, I don't know if you heard, but we remember torturing your boyfriends so oh, bad. Sure. Okay. So you have memory of that or did you try to forget it? Cause it was so annoying and traumatic.
1: <laughs> well, I, it was always very scary bringing someone in. Um, mm-hmm. I did personally use my family as a, um, like a gauge if I'll ever go on right. another date with this person. Wait, yes. Yes. Because it depended on how they, reacted to my family especially Andrew because he's part of the family and my you know little little sisters are going to be little spitfires and they were but they they actually made me giggle because <laughs> I I really didn't get mad at them for throwing their wallets on the roof and <laughs> and they're hiding their shoes or
0: dancing um, around their underpants danced, on their head right
1: right it was more I judged, and that's terrible. That's a terrible word. I don't, but I did use Andrew as my kind of judgment if I'm going to ever yeah. go out with this person again. How we how they reacted.
0: Wasn't to him. it gross when you would bring someone home, whether it be a boyfriend or a friend, and they were so well? I mean, as an adult, I have a new perspective, but I will tell you, growing up, I was like you, Jane. If I brought home a friend or a boyfriend. And their reaction to Andrew was super uncomfortable because Andrew would put his arm around them or tell him these stories and share with them that he just grew pubic hair. You know, yes, like, yes. He used to like to say these uncomfortable things and uh, occasionally lay a big fat <laughs> kiss on them, you know. But if they reacted in a way where either they were like kind of grossed out or they were uncomfortable, I kind of thought, ew, right? Yes. Like you're not going to be here. I remember this this one that uh, he was, wouldn't even
1: look his way. Andrew was next to him and uh, he's sitting next to him on the couch and the guy wouldn't even look that way of him. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I'm
0: not going out. You can leave. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. Right. I remember feeling that same way. Like, don't like, don't you dare. You know, like yes. I can be grossed out by him. I'm allowed because yes. I was like, mm, sure. Yeah, sure. sure. You know, but <laughs> um, I don't know. But I feel like like if it was someone, you know, there is this one quote I found that was beware of criticizing a big family to one of its members. So like, don't criticize Andrew to Jane, right? They will not take this lightly. They have done too much loving, too much cooking, cleaning, fighting, working and playing to let an outsider venture criticism of their family unit. Whatever sure. happens to a child from a big family, they know they have a whole army of supporters to back them up. And I feel like, you know, you were definitely a general in that army. I mean, it was like, don't freaking act put <laughs> out by my little sisters or grow, or bothered or grossed out by my little brother because it doesn't sit well with you. That's you know? true. But all right. So, um, Jane, you've always loved to work with your hands. Actually, any physical labor. I feel, is that still you, I feel like. But I was uh, telling Amy that she could remind me of grandma because grandma's get shit done attitude seemed to rub off on Amy from, and, and that was from Amy spending so much time with her. But you are so much like grandma. And your similarities seem more genetic because unlike Amy, you really didn't spend a ton of one on one time with grandma. That was the younger kids. Right. But, you know, you love to sew and paint and wallpaper and you might even upholstered like grandma. I don't know. But I mean, manual labor is your jam for sure. Um, And did you ever think about that? Do you ever like have memories of grandma and think, gosh, I'm as I get older, I remind myself of her. I,
1: I have thought of that. And I'm like, I must've, I always thought, you know, I I always wanted to learn how to cut hair. I always wanted to learn how to upholster. I never did do that, but I did do sewing and I loved that stuff. Yeah. And I, I I do believe that I was, you know, I must've got some, something from her.
0: Right. You know, it's funny because I I feel like, uh, you know, you've, it's always been sort of cathartic for you too. You seem to use it You know, all that manual labor is kind of your outlet. I remember when dad died and we all were gathering at mom and dad's house and we were all inside and like sitting on couches crying and, uh, you know, visiting or, you know, just like you kind of just consoling each other and finding comfort in each other's company company. And I remember thinking, like, where's Jane? And I found you out in the backyard just shoveling, digging in dad's rose garden. You were weeding, and you were just bawling. But you were just working through the garden, sweating. And I thought, there you go, typical Jane, right? I mean- I do remember that, Yep. Yeah, and I you, are you still doing that? I mean, uh, you I, still feel like manual labor is like your thing now? Is that how you work through stuff? You or? know what?
1: I wish it was as much as it used to be. I mean, I still- I, Love, well, we all
0: pre- slow down, right? Yeah,
1: I'm totally. Right. Yeah, I, I totally prefer having a project. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. A- Amy and I did a project this past weekend and it ended up being so fun, you know. And I like now, I guess, as I've gotten older,
0: I, I don't necessarily like doing it by myself anymore. I want
1: someone I, there.
0: Well, it's so neat because Amy's in Chicago now, um, helping out with Andrew. And you guys get to spend some time together. And sometimes that time is those projects to help mom. And uh, just to be there to absorb all the different Andrew and mom stuff, right? Must be nice. Just spread that a little bit. So, Jane, speaking of manual labor and you enjoying doing stuff with your hands, I remember you sewing your own prom dress. (laughs) You remember that blue one?
1: I do. Yeah, it was so
0: pretty. It was like a shiny powder blue halter prom dress. Yeah. I mean, like if that isn't grandma canon, I don't know what is, you know, making your own prom dress. I mean, I don't know how many girls do that.
1: Well, I had a bunch of clothes that I made in high school too. a bunch of blazers. And yeah, I, I would I would cool on my jeans and. You know, yeah.
0: I, I probably looked like an idiot, but no, I liked it. <laughs> I always thought you were really fab. I really did. So you and dad were really close, Janie. Do you have any memories of him that you'd like to share? Like when you like, what are the first ones that come to mind when you think of dad? What warms your heart?
1: Um, you just mentioned
0: the mornings that you did. Yes, those are my favorite.
1: They, I, yeah. Every time I hear him up there, I would go it at the table. And that's the only time I had one on one with him. Right. So that was, that's what I really remember. And then the, the, um, when my kids were older, he would be down in his office in the basement and they would run down those stairs and jump on his lap. And he just adored having us over. Yeah. And we would go out back and he would start the grill and I'd be doing his weeding. And, um, I, we, we did have a really special relationship. You did. You had a great friendship. We would go walking on that path, and I remember when um, we're walking, and he didn't walk very fast. No, I know. <laughs> and I remember a, a person with a walker went past us up. I used to walk back. back. <laughs> I used to walk backwards because he did go slow, and so I'd walk backwards in front of him, and we would just talk. But I saw this walker coming up behind him. And she's pushing this walker and she passes him and he's he just starts swearing. He's like know,
0: he hated to be reminded that he was old. Yeah. yeah. He hated that so much. Skiing with him was the same way. Like he would just do the fake, like, let's stop and look at the scenery, the mountains. But it was like every five minutes. Yes. Puffin <laughs> and puffin' and then we would do more. But God bless him. I mean, these were his later years. And Those we were, were very, at altitude. So, yeah. I know, but that was, he wasn't was the weird. quickest moving thing he did. not mm-hmm. I always say that about myself. I don't have a need for speed. Like, at all. Like, my kids joke that I drive slow, and I just do a lot of things slowly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the older I get, for sure. I'm no, you know, young whippersnapper anymore myself. But I can remind myself of Dad that way, too, Janie. Yeah, so, I Janie. remember when he would come to my son's hockey games,
1: and... He, the, unfortunately, the day before he passed, he came to a double header. There was one at one rink and then one at the other. And, but he shows up at these rinks just dressed to the T's. I mean, he, he he looked so handsome and so healthy that day before. I was like, so shocked, you know, I mean, just so fun. And he enjoyed the, all the grandkids, so much the ones he was able to see. He yeah. just,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I remember most about him, too. He, I remember there was a video, my girlfriend used to take videos, and she, we couldn't stand by my dad because on one of them, actually, we, I couldn't stand, we had to turn the sound off because he <laughs> was weird. Well, he says uh, something like, Nick, don't pass it to him, he couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know he never held back on that stuff. No, so I know these were videos that we would you know other, we'd give yeah. to other people and we had to be careful with,
0: yeah.
1: we yeah. ended up yeah. taking the sound yeah. out
0: altogether. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's how I remember him too so back in your childhood though Jane do you have like any general favorite childhood memories um, you know like what did you love
1: I loved being outside. I yeah. loved cutting the grass. I didn't want to do dishes and and the inside. That's why I got
0: it done really quick. Didn't and the I, boy chores always seem more fun than the girl chores? Yeah, for Wouldn't sure. We'd much rather mow the lawn, take out the garbage. Um. Well, you know, and, and, and Russell admit they had less chores, but I also feel like the chores they had were looked more fun to me. Yes, for sure. But you yeah. loved being outside and there was a lot of kids in our neighborhood and you had your friends. So you were outside a lot.
1: Yeah, I remember um, Kathy, Bur- uh, my neighbor, my yeah. best friend, she um, she and I would actually jump on our bikes and ride all the way to Oaklawn to our grandma's pool. <sighs> we we would be okay, gone. I
0: just I'm going to say that's a half hour drive. So it was we, a would. Two we, bike. Would leave. we would
1: leave, yes, it would take us at least an hour, hour and a half. We would spend the entire day there and then ride our bikes back. Isn't that
0: amazing? Back in the day, our parents were just like, as long as you were home for dinner, they, they didn't, didn't even ask where you were going. No, <laughs> it was like you left and then you came back. But remember our community pool? That we used to go to, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and wasn't that so fun too? Because now that was like a 10 minute bike ride. Used to love over the hill down the hilly
1: street. Yes, and uh, I remember the the tornado thing going off while we were at the pool, and uh, no one would come get us. We rode our bikes (laughs) there, (laughs) and and I have my bike, and I have my little sibling Mary in front of me, and and um, my young siblings are. Poor Katie. She was way back there. And um, it's getting darker and darker and darker. And and we'll up. Up. I know. And, I know. She,
0: and we're yelling,
1: come on, come on. I know. I know.
0: I know. I remember going to friends' houses that were close to the pool. Because, like, I knew mom wasn't going to come get us. And she was like, why had my bike there? Why would she come get me? I could ride home in a tornado.
1: Exactly. But I used to love that. I
0: used to crash at, like, Bonnie's house Uh because she was down the street. And her mom would make us a yummy lunch. And we'd hang out and play on her driveway on the skateboard when the thing blew over. And it was all really uh, a good time. But, yeah. That was, I, we have a lot of great memories from that pool, too. That gave us a lot of good summer memories. For yeah, some.
1: for sure. For
0: yeah. Sure. What about but, Christmas, Jane? What are your thoughts on Christmas? Do you feel like you have good memories of Christmas?
1: Oh, for sure. I, I loved Christmas. Christmas Eve was really fun, too. Yeah. Um, I loved when Grandma B came over. When I, this, is, this is much <laughs> when I was young. Yeah. Um, because she always had most beautiful packages they were wrapped
0: so pretty like a little jingle bells tied to the top or a little like stuffed elf or like everything was done like professionally yes like she yes she did a really good job
1: and I remember they couldn't wait to open that and that was the only gift we could open well we could pick one gift well actually there was only one gift under the tree on Christmas Eve because Santa hadn't come right so we would get to open Grandma's Grandma B's gift. And Mary Beth's and mine were always very similar. You know, right. like maybe she got a bow for her hair. Different same thing. Right. right, right. Yeah. But I remember that. And I remember wake, I couldn't wait to wake up because it was so full. There was just so much stuff. And it really wasn't a ton when you look back at individual. Uh-huh. But, you know, like but It doesn't take year, much when you have no, nine
0: kids. No. Like
1: each cook could get one gift in the room looks full. It was tricky when I, my, I only had two children. So I, I was like, Oh my God, it looks so dead in there. Yes. I know. I used to try and spread it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make it look like, like more was going on. Cause I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. thinking that like, that was one of the things I remember thinking when I was talking in a couple episodes ago about how I remember thinking when you only had a few kids in your family, what do you do? And I remember thinking, boy, what would Christmas be like? You know, because it was so festive because there were so many of us. But, you know, Grandma B, the other thing she would do, not only would she bring gifts that were wrapped perfectly, but she would come with always a coffee cake for the morning. Right. And put on the percolator pot of coffee. So you'd wake up to the smell of coffee and she'd get up. And I just remember her always cutting the, um, the coffee cake, and I remember um, she always had like gas in the morning, so I remember not wanting to <laughs> eat the coffee cake because she was cutting it and farting at the same time. <laughs> and you know she wore like a, a nightgown. And I that's remember what the- grandmas
1: do, Teresa.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the grandma. You're not Teresa. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this picture is brought to you by. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. You know, you know. There's one night. There's one neat thing you bring up, Grandma B. She always made coffee, and she made great coffee in the morning. She and and she everyone put, said that she put eggshells in in the her, grounds. In the grounds.
1: Okay. And
2: and you know, I, I mean. That we, now. We live in an age of coffee, and you don't—you still don't see that. But there was something about her coffee that was excellent. And
1: How could the grounds make it taste better? It doesn't I, make I, sense. I, I,
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I, I you know, know,
0: right? Are we gonna try this now? I feel like I need to do it.
2: Well, I—you know—I've got a Keurig, so it's kind of yeah, hard yeah. to do. I wonder but if
0: Keurig's gonna start making pods with uh, <laughs> eggshells in, in them. I' <laughs> with Brought to you by Keurig. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. No. Hey, listen. I have a percolator still. I only use it when I'm gonna have company and I need lots of coffee, right? But I might just throw some shells in there and just let you guys know how that goes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. do it.
0: Out there. you might want to try it and get back to us because that <laughs> is. I forgot about that. I just remember a lot of talk about it, like, like mom and dad even like, oh. You know, Grandma V's here. She's making her coffee. You know, it was like a thing.
2: So, right. and and there were certain things that she did extremely well. There's one dish that she made that, and, and uh, it's a German dish. And uh, when I've, I have a neighbor that talks about it, he he's going to show me how to make it. What uh, is it? it? It it we called it pigs in the blanket, but it oh, was yeah. but it was you know grout. It was uh, like brown steak rolled up. With uh, bacon and onions, and uh, and and mom said she wouldn't make it for me because you started by grilling it in its own fat. You cut off the fat and you use oh. that to grill it. And mom mom said, I'm not making that for you. It's terrible for you, you know. But it was one of the most tasty things that grandma I it. don't think yeah. it was that.
0: I don't think
1: that was the reason.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, like, totally honest. It was yeah. going to be a little more effort than yes. her normal. Oh, casseroles. So, (laughs) sorry, Ma. But anyway, Jane, what about speaking of mom's food? You know, we've talked to a lot of the siblings about this. So, like, you know, did you like mom's food? And do you have any good dinner memories? Um, Well, you know, you're out playing all afternoon.
1: And I remember being hungry. And so it never... It never was like, oh, I hope she makes this or this because that's so good. Right. But it was like, it's just food. Right. It, it was did just the job. It did the job. I think if it sounds weird, but the only thing I remember that I actually really liked was her. Uh, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but her meatloaf and mashed potatoes in corn. Russ, you liked it.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It You know, I wish I could. I wish I could duplicate it. I don't know. Maybe there's a lack of uh, seasoning in it or whatever.
0: Just crappy ingredients, probably. She
2: she didn't, you know, she kind of winged it and and was pretty consistent along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. It always tasted exactly the same. She didn't have any spices and she didn't have any, you know, like breadcrumbs and things like that. There was, you know, she had eggs and she had ground beef. And and other than that... It was, well, she it put was,
1: tomato soup on top. <laughs>
2: soup. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> or was it ketchup? I still, ate, I still use tomato soup. Yeah. I, oh, right. know, that's how I learned it. Yeah, you know, there's
0: something about it. It's not even like... There's certain flavors that will always be good to us. Not because we, like, actually think that's a good flavor. Like, if we were trying it for the first time now, we might be like, this is disgusting. But... I believe that taste nostalgia has a lot to do with, you know, how something tastes. You know, like a Twinkie is disgusting, but I wonder if I ate it right now, because I haven't had it in probably 35 years or something. I don't even know, at least that long. But if I had one right now, would I think it's so yummy just because it's nostalgic,
2: right? We were just talking about Big Macs. You know, when was the last time I had a Big Mac? And we saw Sandy and I saw a commercial and we were like, boy, you know, that of sounds good. We didn't we didn't <laughs> no. go get one. But, right. But you know that. But again, that taste nostalgia you were talking about. Trisa, was, right. It's kind of, you know, it kind of hits you and you remember it. It's like that pigs in the blanket. Yeah. I can tell you how it tastes today. And I and I've craved it. And my neighbor keeps saying we're going to make that rust because they make it all the time. He's a yeah. he's a German guy. And, and yeah. Says, I, yeah, no, we'll make that for
0: you. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on with that, and I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Like, if you're just gonna melt, like, oh, this is how I remember it, or why the hell did I even like this? <laughs> right?
2: It could <laughs> be that.
0: It could be that, Jane. I got to ask you. Um, we were we were all raised Catholic, and um, yeah, going to Catholic school. Most of us went all through Catholic school, like elementary, right? Um, do you think, did you enjoy going to a Catholic school? Um, I mean, is that something that you have good memories of or any memories of? Um, I remember going,
1: um, I was not fond of what they did. They, they had, everybody had group. There was group one, group two, group three. That was signature for Catholic schools. They had, they segregated you. And they like have, the
0: butterfly, the caterpillar, and the cockroach group. Yes, like 10 yes. yes. It was the,
1: it was the <laughs> blue jays and well, the eagles, the blue jays, and the pigeons. You know, yes. it was so how it and, was. S- and they let group one and group two sit there and laugh at you. Yeah, that's what the nuns did. And it was a
0: tactic. It was supposed to motivate you to try harder. It was
1: mortifying. Yeah. Yeah, I but, know. But it was, yeah, other, I mean, I, I you know, geez, I could, I figured through it. It was no big deal. It didn't like, I just remember thinking, oh, geez, here we go again. You know, right.
0: I couldn't wait to get out of it, actually. <laughs> yeah. And into public school. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I've said in other podcasts, I think the most important thing that the nuns in our school, and I am not, I can't say this was every Catholic school. You know, I think there's culture. In different Catholic schools, just like there's cultures, just having been a teacher, I know that a principal trickles down and changes the culture of a school. Right. Right. You can go in and you can get different vibes. But our Catholic school that we were raised going to, um, the most important thing was that you had the right knee socks on. You know, it it needed to be the right color and everything needed to be in. And and your skirt couldn't be rolled up. And after that, it was your your neat handwriting and then it was your English and your reading and, right. you know. and, you couldn't, you couldn't be left-handed either. No, left-handed um, was naughty. You were like, I don't I know mean, if you thought that was like the devil's hand or something. I, or are like, you were, you know, spawn of Satan if you had a left-handed. Well, I remember I had a uh, wart on my index finger on my right
1: hand. Yeah. And when I would always put my one finger down when I was in church and when we had to, you know, pray. Yeah. And that it's like after the first time they knew I was doing it, they, and they'd always come and slap my hand and say, do it right. But I didn't want everybody to see that, that it wasn't a huge thing, but it was, it was
2: yeah. to
1: me, it
0: was, you know, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, a uh, and it's like, did they know? Like, did they see it, and were they, like, okay with humiliating you, or did they just not understand what the hell you were doing? They (laughs) maybe thought I
1: was being a rebel.
0: Maybe they thought you were flipping off the priest, because if you had your finger down, did it look (laughs) like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But I got to ask you, Jane, are you glad you grew up in a large family? Oh, yes. Yes.
1: My sisters and brothers are my favorite people in the world. Oh. So you are. Yes, I'm very happy. I I wouldn't have had it any other way. I would I actually wanted to have six children until I had one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. right?
1: And and she was difficult and uh, she was difficult from birth on and uh, so that's I remember thinking, "Oh, I don't want any more." And dad just being, "No, I can't, I will not allow you not to have any more." I said, "I I don't I wasn't meant out for this this is but, she's really hard and he's like well I'm, I will not allow you to just tap the one
0: because he was an only child and he hated it yep yeah and he yeah he said do not yeah I remember him having that conversation with me too I I knew I was gonna have more than one but I remember once I had one he was like so when's the next kind of like push it uh-huh. Like, you're going to have another, right? And I was like, don't worry. I'm definitely going to. But I know because your second one, Nick, was so much easier. After your second one, you were ready to roll. Yes. You were kind of like, oh, I could do this a bunch more. Because I remember you and I had our kids around the same time. And you and I saying, like, we could do this big family thing. It'd be great, you know. Yeah. But you need yeah. a partner that's on board. So, True. you know, and, and mine was from a small family. So he didn't really understand like that, you know, he kind of thought, why, you know, two or three yeah. So, yeah. What are your least favorite memories, Janie, from a kid? Do you mean, do you, do you have any stuff that you just are like, ew? Um, um,
1: no, honestly. Good. I, uh, all the ones coming to my mind are pretty positive. You know, I mean, they, they are what molded me into what I am. I mean nothing you know as well as I do we had days that things were tricky and and it got loud and rough here for a while and and one thing I wanted to tell Russ he in his podcast he said that he made it sound like he we all got along you were <laughs> not nice to us Russ you were you were not nice to me until my girlfriends were when I was old enough for you could date my girlfriend that's <laughs> When you came back from college and we would all go out together, that's when you started actually being nice to me.
2: Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm sorry about that. No, I know.
1: And you know what? That's just, we don't know what we are like. I mean, but it was, right. I was Again, giggling but to myself. Earlier. You
0: see it from different angles, right? Sure.
1: sure. And, and I probably the annoyed the crap out of them. I probably did.
2: Well, <laughs> but you know, I was giggling. You know, and, and again, you're you're dealing with uh, in a lot of cases, we were we were dealing with um, a bunch of a, a bunch of little kids. Oh, up, yeah. Us around, you know. Yes. And and and, you know, you the girls talk about the girls in the middle, Teresa, and, and you you know, you talk about the, the young ones. But when they followed you around, you guys got aggravated. And then. Oh, for sure. You know, and. Everyone was younger than me. So, you know, they were always following me around and there was always someone following me. So, you know, we were we were I was always trying to get out of there. And, oh, I like that. <laughs> but there were times that, you know, when I got older, I really enjoyed being there. Yes, the, you did. the story I got to tell this. I got to tell one story. Um, Our parents would go out on Friday night and uh, they weren't out the door three minutes. And Janie's pushing She's pushing the furniture to the side. She worked at Fred Astaire. Was it Fred Astaire? Dance, dance studio. studio. Mm-hmm. And, and so she, she would teach the, the younger girls in the family how to dance or whoever wanted to. Yeah. And, yes. and And what what a lot of times a party would break out, you know, and yeah. um, and so, you know, I, I just I always got the sense of of a party. And then when I came back from college. I brought some college friends home and there's a party going on and they're dancing in the living room and they just, they, they thought, you know, you know, who started this? And, and Jane, you know, yeah. Jane was that age at that time and she started those parties and, and it was, yes. but it was, it, that was, that was, that's an image that, you know, and now that tradition carries on to our weddings. You know, we go, mm-hmm. to, we see the girls dancing together and, yeah. and, 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 it, and it's really something, you know, to see, but, but that was, G, that was Jane, you know, yes. and, and she, she let us do that. Mom and dad were out the door. And like I said, it was three minutes after they were out the door. For sure. So,
0: oh, yeah. You know, cleared the furniture all the time, Russ, right? Like, yeah. that's what we did for fun. We cleared the furniture and danced. Like, yeah. And you're right, Jane, having been a dance instructor, taught us choreographed dances. But even when we weren't doing choreographed dances, there was a lot of times we just danced. That's what we did. Like, (laughs) you know, just push the furniture aside, put on the stereo and just danced. It was just a thing. And it's like with simpler times, right? So the things you did to amuse yourself were simpler. But that was definitely a thing we just did. Um, in childhood but you're right Russ um, Jane was often the leader in that she was the first to push the couch aside and sometimes that led into her friends coming over and then next thing you know it was a party and everyone was dancing little kids all the way up
2: yeah that's and and you know I just think that that's we were used to having a crowd around and oh yeah now, now you look at it and go you know, that's what, like you said earlier, Jane, that's what made us who we are. We're comfortable mm-hmm. at a party and uh, and throwing a party. Most of us are pretty good at it because it was a regular occurrence in the house we grew up in. So. Yeah. yeah right. you
0: know, well, it always at least felt like one, even if it wasn't an official one. Right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And, and people would walk in and go, you know, God, this would be fun to live in. And we and and. It aggravated us. We don't, I don't remember it aggravating me, but I know it had to. It, it had a certain, <laughs> Get me out of here. Yeah. You
0: yeah. <laughs> know, because it's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot. But yeah, that's true. That's a great memory, Russ. I'm glad you, you brought that up. But Janie, um, I think you know from hearing other interviews of your other siblings that I'm going to put you on the spot with what we call a speed round. And I'm just going to throw out a sibling name and you're going to just throw out one word that it could be an adjective or whatever comes to mind about that sibling. All right. Because I like this because I like to compare the words that people throw out. Right. It kind of gives you an insight to your really honest perspective because you have to be honest when it's fast. Here we go. Katie.
1: Oh, honest and sweet. Russ
0: Loyal Andrew Sweet Mary Beth Brilliant Um Amy Smart Rock Star Um John Strong Um Anne Kind and Spiritual Teresa.
1: Loving and fun.
0: Thank you, Janie. That was a blast. Well, thanks for hanging. I I didn't stick with one word. No, you didn't. But I kind of feel like there's no way. Like, I'm sick of arguing about it. Like, I can't can't control (laughs) you people. Uh, I guess we need it your way. Uh, You know, I'm not gaining any respect even these days. Like, no one's, again, no one's listening to me. (laughs) <laughs> <It's> okay. And, <laughs> and, okay I
2: don't care. and I will tell you that I hear more and more compliments of how brilliant you are, Teresa, on these podcasts. Oh, I know this podcast oh, is about Jane, but I think oh, I think you. we've got enough in the books now. It's uh, I, I mean, people are astounded how good you've done. Oh, doing
0: you're so this. sweet. True, <laughs> It's true. I, trees. I definitely don't see it myself because, you know, that's how it works in this mind of mine, but thank you so much. It means the world. That's so, oh yeah, you just made my day. Thank you. But anyway, Janie, we love you so much. Oh, I love you guys so much. We know this was confessional of a large family. Thanks for listening. Join us next time when we talk to yet another sibling.
2: Welcome to our family.